section number sixteen of seeking a human spaceflight program worthy of a great nation this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by linda Marie nielsen vancouver b c seeking a human spaceflight program worthy of a great nation by the review of u s human spaceflight plans committee chapter six program options and evaluation part four six point five flexible path integrated options fit to the less constrained budget six point five point one evaluation of integrated option five in the final family of options are those that pursue exploration using the flexible path strategy discussed in section three point five like the integrated options in section six point four these are not constrained to the f y twenty ten budget profile rather they are fit to the less constrained planning budget that the committee developed as shown in figure 6.2.3-1, that budget profile increases to $3 billion above the FY 2010 guidance between FY 2011 and FY 2014, and then grows at a rate comparable to an expected inflation rate of 2.4% per year. Option 5, Flexible Path this option follows the flexible path as an exploration strategy it operates the shuttle into f y twenty eleven extends the i s s until twenty twenty and funds technology development in all three variants as shown in figure six point five point one dash one the commercial transport service becomes available in the mid to late twenty tens to begin ferrying U.S. crew to the ISS. By the early 2020s, after the heavy lift vehicle is developed, development of a small in-space habitat and an in-space restartable propulsion stage follows. All three variants also include a hybrid lunar lander that is smaller than the Altair. See figure 6.2.2-2. The ascent stage is developed by NASA, but the descent stage is assumed to be commercially developed, building on the growing industrial capability pursuing NASA's Lunar Lander Challenge and the Google Lunar X Prize. The commercial lander could also use the NASA-developed in-space restartable engine that would be used for missions on the flexible path. There are three variants with this option. They differ only in the heavy lift vehicle. Variant 5A as the Ares 5 light variant. It develops the Ares 5 light, the most capable of the heavy lift vehicles in this family of options. Figure 6.5.1-1 shows the schedule for this option. The Ares 5 light becomes available in the early 2020s, and the flexible path missions to the moon, Earth escape to Langreen points or near-Earth objects and a Mars flyby 
occur at about one-year intervals. Initial lunar landing takes place in the mid to late 2020s. Lunar buildup occurs at a rate of about two flights per year with the more capable Aries 5 light. On-orbit refueling or the use of a second Aries 5 light is necessary for the most energetic of the flexible path missions. Variant 5B employs an EELV Heritage Commercial Super Heavy lift launcher and assumes a different and significantly reduced role for NASA. It has an advantage of potentially lower operational costs but requires significant restructuring of NASA. It follows the same timeline as Variant 5A up to the landing on the moon. On-orbit refueling is used for the flexible path missions. Therefore, the EELV Heritage Super Heavy flies two missions of three launches per year to the moon, but does not carry as much load on each mission unless on-orbit refueling is used. Thus, a slower lunar development or the development of a less massive lunar infrastructure results. Variant 5C uses a directly shuttle-derived heavy-lift vehicle, taking maximum advantage of existing infrastructure, facilities, and production capabilities. It, too, follows about the same timeline up to the first lunar landing and uses on-orbit refueling for flexible path missions. When lunar missions begin, the higher recurring cost of the more directly shuttle-derived heavy launcher causes a slower rate of lunar buildup. Comparison of the three flexible path valuations is shown in figure 6.5.1-2. The distinguishing features are the Ares 5 light option 5A has an edge in exploration pre preparation due to the more capable vehicle and in mission safety challenge because the more capable vehicle requires less complex ground and on-orbit operations. The EELV Heritage Super Heavy Option 5B has an edge in technology because it includes a new U.S.-developed large hydrocarbon engine and the lowest, i.e. best, life cycle costs due to the commercial nature of this operation. It does poorly in sustainability due to the disruption in contracts, workforce transitions, and the new way of doing business that would be necessary at NASA. The more directly shuttle-derived heavy launcher in option 5C has an edge in sustainability due to advocacy for shuttle-derived systems, but does poorly in life cycle costs. 6.5.2 Examination of the key questions on Ares 5 family versus shuttle-derived heavy launcher. In section 6.4.3, the decisions on heavy lift were outlined, and the comparison between the Ares 5 and Ares 5 light was discussed. In this section, the comparison between the Ares 5 family and the more directly shuttle-derived launcher, 
as indicated by the decision tree of figure 6.4.3-1 will be examined. The background for these decisions was presented in section 5.2. As discussed in section 6.4.3 above, the two Aries 5 family launchers under consideration are the Aries 5 with 5.5 segment SRBs and 6 RS68 family engines, and the Ares 5 Lite with 5 segment SRBs and 5 RS68 family engines, in comparison with the directly shuttle-derived vehicles, these differences among the Ares 5 family are small. Also discussed in section 5.2, the primary candidate for consideration from the more directly shuttle-derived family is the inline variant. This vehicle uses two four-segment SRBs, some number of space shuttle main engines, SSMEs, or the engine's expendable derivative, the RS-2E, three or four typically on the bottom of a re-engineered 8.3-meter diameter tank with an inline EDS and on top a cargo payload or human-carrying capsule with a launch escape system. To the less trained eye, such a vehicle would look much like an Ares 5. In fact, at the end of the ESAS study in 2005, the candidate for the CALV cargo launch vehicle was exactly the shuttle-derived variant just described. In the four years since ESAS, the design has evolved into the Ares 5 known today. Thus, the considerations for this choice of a more directly shuttle-derived vehicle versus Ares 5 more or less exactly play out the trade studies conducted by NASA in the last four years. The principal difference between the two families in the use of the SSMEs or their expendable derivative on the more directly shuttle-derived launcher versus the use of the RS-68 family engines on the Ares 5 the use of more shuttle-derived components lowers the development costs somewhat and accelerates by a, about a year the availability of heavy lift. But these dates of first availability of heavy lift are in the early 2020s at best, due to budget constraints and likely extension of the ISS. Therefore, even if a shuttle-derived vehicle is developed, and the shuttle is extended, there is about a decade of gap in heavy vehicle operations. This erodes the benefit of using the shuttle extension and a more directly shuttle-derived vehicle to close the critical workforce gap. Using the more directly shuttle-derived vehicles does produce a somewhat less capable vehicle, figures 5.2-2, and 5.2.1-1 and increases the reoccurring costs for a given mass launched to low Earth orbit. For example, in a year of planned constellation lunar operations in the mid-2020s, 
there would be three shuttle-derived vehicle launches for each mission to the moon, which would deliver a mass comparable to that of two Ares V-class launchers. Cargo missions would use one or two shuttle-derived launchers, with two crew and two cargo missions per year. This would require eight to ten launches of the shuttle-derived launcher, each with three or four SSMEs or derivatives, for a total of 24 to 40 of the shuttle engines being used, with a resulting high recurring cost. Among the other notable differences between the Ares V family and the more directly shuttle-derived launcher family is the mission launch reliability. Since the latter requires three launches for each planned constellation lunar mission, there would be a somewhat lower reliability in any given time window than would be provided by the Ares V, which only would require two launches in the same time window. The committee considered as an issue the commonality with the National Space Industrial Base. The Ares V uses engines from the RS-68 family with commonality in the industrial base with those used on the EELVs by National Security Space. Both the Ares V and the more directly shuttle-derived vehicle have commonality in the solid rocket motors with vehicles used in national security space. In summary, the committee viewed the decision between the Ares V family and the shuttle-derived family as one driven by cost and capability. The development cost of the more shuttle-derived system would be lower but it would be less capable than the Ares V family and have higher reoccurring costs. There are potential workforce and skill advantages associated with the use of the more directly shuttle-derived system, but the long gap between when the shuttle is retired in 2011 or even 2015 and when the shuttle-derived heavy launcher becomes available in the early to mid-2020s, would diminish the potential value of the workforce continuity associated with shuttle derivatives. 6.5.3 Examination of the Key Question on NASA Heritage versus EELV Heritage Super Heavy Vehicles The highest level decision on heavy lift launch vehicles is whether to base the launch system for exploration on these NASA Heritage vehicles or on the further extensions of the EELV Heritage vehicles up to the 75 MT range, figure 6.4.2-1. It should be emphasized that this is not the existing EELV Heavy Launcher, which has a maximum payload to low Earth orbit of about 25 MT, but rather requires the development of a substantially new vehicle in part of existing components and manufacturing facilities. The EELV Heritage Super Heavy Launch Vehicle would be capable of launching about 75 MT to low Earth orbit 
significantly less than the Aries Five family at 140 to 160 MT, or the shuttle-derived vehicle in the range of 100 to 110 MT. However, the EELV Heritage Super Heavy is still larger than the committee's estimated smallest possible launcher to support exploration which is in the range of 40 to 60 mt in a nominal piloted lunar mission without in space refueling the eelv heritage super heavy would require three flights potentially with an additional crew taxi flight versus two launches for the aries five light in the flexible path options, the EELV would not require more launches, but would involve more on-orbit operations than Ares V family approach. For these launch rates, the EELV would have a lower reoccurring cost than the NASA Heritage vehicles. Initially, the EELV Heritage Super Heavy Vehicle would use the Russian RD. 180 hydrocarbon fueled engine currently used on the atlas 5 in the cost analysis utilized by the committee provision was made for the development of a new large domestic engine to replace the rd 180 for both nasa and national security missions this would have technology benefits and would provide value to national security systems while there are technical differences between the two families the committee intended the principal difference to be programmatic the eelv heritage super heavy would represent a new way of doing business for nasa which would have the benefit of potentially lowering development and operational costs the committee used the eelv heritage super heavy vehicle to investigate the possibility of an essentially commercial acquisition of the required heavy launch capability by a small NASA organization similar to a system program office in the Department of Defense. It would eliminate somewhat the historic carrying cost of many Apollo and Shuttle era facilities and systems, thus creates the possibility of substantially reduced operating costs which may ultimately allow nasa to escape its conundrum of not having sufficient resources to both operate existing systems and build a new one however this efficiency of operations would require significant near-term realignment of nasa substantial reductions in workforce facility closures and mothballing would be required when the committee asked nasa to assist the cost of this process the estimates ranged from three billion to eleven billion over five years because of these realignment costs the eelv heritage super heavy does not become available significantly sooner than the aries five or shuttle-derived family of launchers the transition to this way of doing business would come at the cost of cutting deeply into the internal nasa capability to develop and operate 
launchers both in terms of skills and facilities there would be other consequences at the national level needless to say the co-development of the eelv heritage super heavy would require careful coordination between nasa and the department of defense to ensure joint value in summary the committee considers the eelv heritage super heavy vehicle to be a way to significantly reduce the operating cost of the heavy lifter to nasa in the long run it would be a less capable vehicle but probably sufficiently capable for the mission reaping the long-term cost benefits would require substantial disruption in nasa and force the agency to adopt a new way of doing business the choice between nasa and eelv heritage is driven by potentially lower development and operations costs favoring the eelv heritage system versus continuity of the nasa's system design development and mission assurance knowledge and experience which would provide higher probability of success and predictable developments favoring nasa systems eelv heritage launch systems due to their lower payload performance would require significantly greater launch and mission complexity to achieve the same total mass in orbit the eelv option would also entail substantial reductions in the nasa workforce and closure of facilities necessary to obtain the expected cost reductions 6.6 comparisons across integrated options 6.6.1 cross option comparisons a cross family comparative evaluation is shown in figure 6.6.1-1 which contrasts the baseline option 3 with the aries 5 light variant of the flexible path option 5a the flexible path option scores more highly than the baseline on nine of the 12 criteria the higher rankings include exploration preparation due to much more capable launch systems technology due to investment in technology science because of more places visited human civilization due to the iss extension economic expansion because of commercial involvement in space elements and crew transport global partnerships gained by extending the iss public engagement by visiting more new locations and doing so each year schedule exploring beyond low earth orbit sooner life cycle costs due to commercial crew services 6.6.2 examination of the key question on exploration strategy the fifth and final of the key questions guiding the decisions on the future of human spaceflight is what is the most practical strategy for exploration beyond low earth orbit in chapter three three exploration strategies were presented 
but the choice of exploration of mars first was found not to be viable at this time the two remaining choices are moon first on the way to mars with surface exploration focused on developing capability for mars flexible path to mars via the inner solar system objects and locations with no immediate plan for surface exploration then followed by explorations of the lunar and or martian surface this contrast can be highlighted by comparison of the reference variant for moon first option for a and flexible path option 5a as shown in figure 6.6.2-1 these two options differ only in exploration strategy the flexible path equals or exceeds the ratings of the moon first option in all areas it has an advantage in science economic expansion public engagement and schedule these front distinctions will be examined below from the perspective of science knowledge the moon first approach would allow better understanding of the evolution of the moon and the moon's surface as a record of events in the evolution of the solar system the flexible path would explore near-earth objects and also demonstrate the ability to service science observatories at the langrane points the crews on such missions would potentially interact with robotic probes on the surface of mars returning samples as well in some of its alternatives including the one costed in section 6.5 the flexible path also allows exploration of the moon though at a more limited scale than in the moon first approach considering that we have visited and obtained samples from the moon but not near earth objects or mars and also that the flexible path develops the ability to service space observatories the science knowledge criterion slightly favors the flexible path broadly the more complex the environment the more astronaut explorers are favored over robotic exploration in practice this means the astronauts will offer their greatest value added in the exploration of the surface of mars it is likely that the flexible path approach would engender more public engagement than the moon first approach in every flight the flexible path voyages would visit places where humans have never been before with each mission extending farther than the previous one potentially heading to a full dress rehearsal for a mars landing a potential liability of the moon first option is that it could appear to some stakeholders as a modern repetition of exploration that was accomplished 50 years earlier schedule also favors the flexible path scenario the fundamental economics of the investment by nasa to begin flights on the flexible path and moon first options are shown in figure 6.6.2-2 .6 
before lunar exploration can begin nasa must complete four development programs the heavy lift launcher the orion capsule the altair lander and at least some of the lunar surface systems even the well-funded apollo program only had to complete the first three of these in contrast exploration on the flexible path could begin with just the capsule and launcher and then slowly develop much less costly in space propulsion stages and habitats after nasa explores on the flexible path for a half decade or so it could then invest in the lunar lander and surface systems in summary the flexible path provides for exploration beyond low earth orbit several years earlier and allows a less demanding programmatic investment profile because the flexible path option contained a commercially developed lunar lander descent stage it was evaluated more highly in economic expansion as well the use of a commercial lander is not fundamental to the execution of the flexible path but is more likely in this strategy the lunar landing would be later involve a simpler lander and follow the development by nasa of the in space restartable engine of which would make a commercial system more viable in the flexible path than in the moon first strategy on the evaluation criteria on which the two strategies score equally there are some distinctions under human civilization both lead to better understanding of human adaption to space but the flexible path aids in the protection of earth from near earth objects from the viewpoint of vision safety challenges the two strategies are also about equal operations at the moon are closer and allow return to earth more rapidly but landing on and launching from a surface is a dynamic environment in contrast the flexible path missions are less dynamic but occur farther from earth there is no reason to believe that the remaining evaluation criteria favor one or the other strategy for exploration they have more to do with how the strategy is implemented for example either the moon first or flexible path could be the basis for a new or extended international partnerships in space in summary eight of the twelve criteria favor neither the moon first nor flexible path strategies for exploration however of the four that do discriminate science knowledge public engagement schedule and life cycle costs all slightly to moderately favor the flexible path finding on evaluation of program options options for human spaceflight should be evaluated by a set of criteria that are consistent with goals the committee identified 12 criteria which measure the capability of an option to satisfy its stakeholders along the motivations listed above 
along with programmatic issues of safety, cost, schedule, sustainability, and workforce impact. It is the role of decision makers to prioritize these measures. Findings on options for the human spaceflight program. The committee developed five alternatives for the human spaceflight program. In reviewing these, it found human exploration beyond low Earth orbit is not viable under the FY 2010 budget guideline. Meaningful human exploration is possible under a less constrained budget, ramping up to approximately $3 billion per year in real purchasing power above the FY 2010 guidance in total resources. Funding at the increased level would allow either a exploration program to explore the moon first or one that follows a flexible path of exploration. Either could produce results in a reasonable time frame. End of section 16. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.